I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing? We just got out of a four-day weekend, pretty much. Four-day? Where are you living? I had a three-day weekend. Friday, Saturday. Well, that's true. What? Well, you're you're right. You're Did right. you take Friday off? Uh, I Yeah, I had Friday <laughs> off. So that's a four-day weekend for me. So the, for... The average person, okay. three days. I am the average person. I had a three-day weekend. It was Labor Day weekend over here in the States. We, The Furby family did not do a lot of resting and chilling out. We were installing a faux shiplap wall in my parents' family room, and it was a lot of work, a lot of up and down ladders, a lot of painting, a lot of filling holes, a lot of caulking, a lot of you know, jigsaw, just a lot of things it was not restful at all <laughs> so you put the labor in labor day correct ah see yeah. i didn't do that <laughs> i definitely did not do that i relaxed uh mowed the lawn but that's as much labor as you were gonna get out of me but, okay. pretty much uh and uh we happened to see a movie this weekend that's right we did hell yes we saw a movie <laughs> now before we get into that movie if this is your first time listening Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Okay, Rico, let's go. So today we are talking about the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that movie is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So, Jessica, why don't you go ahead and tell us, what is this movie about? Okay, IMDb synopsis reads, Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. Which tells you absolutely nothing about the movie. That's pretty vague, but you know what? I prefer it to be vague like that versus, you know, us telling everything about it. So this movie is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Uh, it's also written by him and Dave Callahan and Andrew Laham. Wow, that two back-to-back ham ending last name. <laughs> uh, so this movie, it stars Simu Liu. No, Liu. Simu Liu. Sorry, I, <laughs> I messed that up because a lot of people have been mispronouncing that last name. I actually watched a TikTok of his yeah, <laughs> where he says, how do you pronounce my name? And like did it. And I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. So there's been other people who have been mispronouncing it just like I did myself right now. <laughs> uh, he is Shang-Chi uh, or also known as Sean in the movie as well. Yeah. Uh, he is most notably from the sitcom King's Convenience uh, back, mm-hmm. basically since 2016, it, not a big sitcom, but you know, just he's been on it. And the funny this thing, is recent. This, this is so is funny. Recent. This is very recent. But apparently, he was a stock photo model, pretty much. <laughs> so there's a photo of him going around where he's on a computer showing two people what's being done on a computer. So <laughs> yes, yeah. So he is a stock model as that well. That just tickles me. I just love it. it so it's much. so funny. Uh, <laughs> this movie also stars Aquafina, 
Uh, she plays Katie. You'll know her from Crazy Rich Asians, uh, also Ocean's 8 and The Farewell. Uh, she is a comedian slash rapper. Uh, she's kind of left the rapping ever since she started the acting. That's how she right. kind of got started. So, uh, Also, legend Tony Liu. Oh, that he is a legend here. He is a well-known Hong Kong cinema actor. Uh, some of the most notable movies he's been in, In the Mood for Love, Internal Affairs, which is the inspiration for Martin Scorsese's The Departed, uh, The Grandmaster, Hero, 2046. I mean, there's a bunch of movies that yeah. this man, he is a legend. Uh, filling out the rest of the, well, for a lot of the cast, we have, how do you pronounce her first name? Is it? I tr- Okay, Nenka? so I tried looking it up. And no one says her name in interviews with her Ah, because I'm sure that they're pretty intimidated by how to pronounce it. It, And I couldn't catch like an interview where she was like introducing herself either. You know, press junkets like one after another. So she's not like introducing herself. She's not introducing. Right. Exactly. Your best guess is my best guess. I mean, Manga. I don't know. Uh, She does play the sister of uh, Shang-Chi. Xia Ling. Nope. Xialing. Xialing. Oh, S sound, yeah. It's an S sound. That I did catch somewhere. Okay, gotcha. Man, yeah, that's my biggest, (laughs) that's my personal issue is that I have a hard time pronouncing a lot of names that are Asian or Asian specific. You know what I'm saying? That's, but that's me. That's a, that's a me problem. Like, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of people. We live in the United States, America. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Uh, So this is her first real acting role. Uh, yeah, which is great. Like she was fantastic in the I movie. Know. Uh, I know. Little side note: she met her husband, her now husband, on the set of Shang Chi. That's right. Uh, and finally, we have uh, Fala Chen, who plays. She, you could say she was in the mood for love. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so you need, you're just like, oh god. <laughs> moving along, uh, the mother figure is played by uh, Fala Chen, and legend Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Oh my plays god. Plays Auntie, Auntie Ying Nan. So yeah. this movie, how did it do with <laughs> critics and with audiences? It's sitting at a 92% audience. Oh no, that's the critics score on Rotten Tomatoes. It is fresh. And a 98% audience score. Yes. I love it. That is so the critics consensus, really I'll read that. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings isn't entirely free of Marvel's familiar formula, but this exciting origin story expands the MCU in more ways than one. The audience consensus says Shang-Chi covers new cultural ground for the MCU without losing any of the action comedy and emotion Marvel's movies are known for. So this movie had a very good weekend. Yes, it Uh, did. This movie did $90 million over the uh, four-day span from Friday to Labor Day. And that is a new Labor Day record. Wow. Labor Day is a notoriously bad weekend to release a movie. Uh, Before this weekend, the biggest just movie box office number for Labor Day weekend was $131 back in 2007. What? And we're talking about all the movies combined that weekend. 131 million. Labor Day is a terrible time to release a movie. 
Disney really took a chance <laughs> in releasing this movie on Labor Day weekend, and their gamble paid off because this is a big number. Um, mm-hmm. So, with all that wow, said, I'm so happy for them. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very happy. Now Marvel, them. like the conglomerate, but like the but, <laughs> you know. The cast and crew. The cast and crew, because this is an Asian-led film. This is front and center. Uh, Again, in Hollywood, we don't get many of them. It was such a breakthrough seeing something like Crazy Rich Asians a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And now we get another one. And hopefully... More. (laughs) More, number one. But hopefully Hollywood doesn't get the wrong lessons from this. Sometimes they they take like, oh, instead of taking like, oh, we can do an Asian-led film and it mm. will do numbers. Like, we have the thing. Sometimes they'll take the wrong one. Oh, we could release movies on Labor Day. <laughs> Completely wrong lesson here. That is right. not what we should be learning here. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about the movie. Jessica, what did yeah. you think of Shang-Chi? So I just want to apologize for the lateness of the episode because it is completely my fault. Um, we tried to record this yesterday. We were usually record on Monday nights and I was having technical difficulties and we couldn't do it. So we're doing it a day late. And yesterday I watched Shang-Chi for the first time. Like that was, I was maybe three, four hours removed from watching the movie. And then we were going to go into record and I, we couldn't. So I'm in a better headspace to talk about this now. Um, it's one of the best Marvel movies I have ever seen. And I I haven't watched a Marvel movie in theaters with family, like the my entire family, in a really long time. So this was like a unique experience for me. Like I usually go watch it with you, which with friends, my sister. But it was like mom, dad, sis, like we were all together. So... I was kind of nervous because like this is the same family that kind of pokes fun at me for watching anything with subtitles. So going in to watch an Asian superhero and they were asking me questions about like, what are his powers? What does he do? What's his backstory? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm going in this the same way I went into Thor. I don't know any, I didn't know anything about Thor. Now I know all these things. So we all went in with the same amount of info and we all really liked it. Like my dad was sitting next to me and he was like, is this like the best Marvel movie I've ever seen? Like he was like legit, like so excited watching the movie, watching the martial arts, seeing the the characters on screen. It was just very magnetic and energy, so much energy coming from just watching it with my family. So I can only imagine families that have the same cultural background who are Chinese, Chinese American, or just Asian in general, feeling a lot of pride for this movie just like a few weeks ago we fell for in the heights so i loved it i had a great time watching it i feel like very ecstatic that the movie had a lot of subtitles a lot of mandarin language dialogue almost as much as it had english dialogue which was very comfortable as a as an audience member like i was okay with it but also comfortable in the context of the story because these characters are multilingual and mostly out of East Asia. (laughs) So, you know, the story takes a turn and you end up in East Asia. So like, why would they continue to speak English all the time? Like, it just made a lot of sense. Um, I feel like they paid a lot of attention to just character development. 
And that is like my main takeaway for this movie being as good as it is. Like, yeah, the third act does have like an almighty fight scene, just like a lot of other Marvel movies. And it does become a little bit like a CGI bonanza. But to be honest, like the mythology of that they explored in this movie and, you know, obvious nods to Chinese mythological creatures and the family dynamics and the character development and just all of that interplay made the story and the ending so much sweeter and better. And it wasn't just kind of an empty free-for-all fight, you know? Yeah, so this is actually the most excited I've heard you for a Marvel <laughs> film. Yes, like ever, right? <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, because in the time that we've done this show since May of 2018... 2018 We've had, I believe we've had uh, one, two, three, four Marvel movies in that time. This is the fifth one. And two time. of the biggest ones, right? Like yeah. Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so for those, obviously, the way you spoke about <laughs> them, you, you know, you had your criticisms and everything. Uh, but the enthusiasm that you have for this one is so different is very yes. different. So uh, my experience with the movie, I, I got a chance to see it twice over the weekend. Oh, shit. I was going to ask you, literally, on this pod or after the pod, if you wanted to see it again. But you've already seen it twice. So, like, I'll just go. So I'll I, just see yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it twice. So I ended up seeing it on Friday, um, basically by myself, because everybody I'm else so dropped sorry. out. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. You, you went out of town, and then uh, our friends Danny and Hope, Danny, who's been on the podcast... Um, you know, they couldn't attend. And then, so I saw it then, and then I ended up seeing it with my dad and my sister yesterday Okay. in the afternoon. And a very similar experience where the family really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, really my dad it. was into it. Like, my mom really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, and so that is always a thrill when... When you see a movie, you you tell people, hey, this might be a really good movie. And at the end, they also enjoy it as well mm-hmm. is is a big like relief. Like, ah, oh, OK, <gasps> yes, <laughs> we, I, I steer them in the right direction. Uh, the movie for me, I think, is such a good movie. It's, it's mm-hmm. a really good movie. And among one of the better origin films, just superhero wise, not even just yeah. MCU, just superhero wise yeah. origin film. It's really yes. good. Uh, for me, I th- you mentioned the third act that that's something that I kind of, it kind of weighed on me a bit because of the fact that the movie set up a certain tone for the first, like two thirds of the movie. And then it mm. kind of, you know, changes its tone in that third act I enjoyed the third act, but it's not what the movie was leading me up to in the first two acts. So that's where it kind of throws me off. But with that said, uh, Simu, fantastic lead. He's a great Simu lead. Simu Liu. Oh, my God. I could watch him watch paint dry. I think he is so fantastic in this movie. And um, I went, I told you earlier that I went on like a complete binge on TikTok, I was like messing up my algorithm royally by skipping every other video except the ones having to do with Shang-Chi and <laughs> Simu Liu. Um, and so I know a lot about him now. He's so funny. I think he's so charming. And if he asked me to marry me today, like I would say yes. <laughs> so oh, okay. high praise. I love the man. I think he's so fine. 
Aquafina, tremendous in this movie too. Like I think that we don't talk enough about her turn in the farewell. Oh yeah, we definitely don't. So we know that she can act and has a lot of emotional range. And so in this movie, she is the audience proxy, but she's also emotional support for Simu's um, Shang-Chi. Yes. So I really like that. And then why don't you continue with what you were saying? Because I feel like I derailed it. No, no, it's no problem. Uh, so the cast is is great. Tony Leung is a great villain. Juggernaut. I think... Th- because we've always talked about Marvel's villain problem. Like, yes, there's probably <laughs> three villains that you can say, like, oh, they were a good villain. They were a captivating right. villain. And here we have a very captivating villain oh with a clear, you know, goal and a clear and you you empathize with him as well. You do. Yes. You know, because we have a very our our upbringing, you and I. We have an upbringing of being very close to family. Hispanics have that similar mm. uh, nature as with Asian culture. Respect for elders yep. is huge for us, just like it is for East Asian cultures. And, um, you know, especially we kind of have a love-hate relationship with patriarchal values, mm. right? Because Hispanic families and societies are majorly patriarchal and there is a hierarchy right right and so this movie has an almighty father figure who is problematic yes very you know? pro- very problematic yeah and what i do appreciate though is that everything leads to a desire that's in him to complete a certain mission without getting into spoilers mm. and Having to wrestle with the legacy of your father. Oh, my God. The themes in this movie are amazing. You'd mentioned legacy. I feel like family is a huge one. Choices. Um, grief. Yes. And longing. Longing. Uh, shame. Identity. All these themes are explored in this movie and to great effect. Oh, yeah, for sure. And what makes it so great is that we get a a love a bit of a love story early on in the movie. Oh my God, that's spoiler territory, but holy shit, that opening sequence. Yes, the opening sequence is fantastic and it sets the story of where we are with these particular characters. Uh, We'll get into that in spoilers. Um, Another thing that I want to mention, and I know you have thoughts, is (laughs) the music in this movie. Oh my God. I'll, I'll let you roll. Go. Oh, shit. So, like, the OST on this movie is absolute fire. I spent two hours in a car yesterday listening to every song on the OST. It was executive produced by Asian, Asian American Music Collective 88 Rising. And if you don't know 88 Rising, definitely look them up. They're amazing. They have a plethora of um, Asian indie artists, mostly, like, hip-hop and, like, different um genres under their umbrella and they executive produced the entire album and i mean the album has like anderson pack <laughs> rich bryant sway lee janae aiko mark twan mark twan came from got seven do you know that k-pop group is huge he's just like now doing solo stuff so weedy audrey nuna nikki <laughs> keshi 21 savage rick rick ross is on it like dj snake 
it is amazing. I highly recommend you check out the full album because some songs were um, in heavily featured in the movie and then some songs weren't so featured. Right. But oh my gosh, they did their homework. They let, I feel like the album tells a really good story of this journey that um, Shang-Chi goes on. And it's just so explosive. I love the sound of it and it's repeat. It's been on repeat for like a day and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Score, IMDb says music by Joel P. West. I thought the score for Shang-Chi was also really memorable. Um, It is. You can recognize the Shang-Chi soundtrack from a mile away. It's not like in the mix of like, oh, I don't really know what like Avengers sounds like other than the main thing. Like, no, you know what Shang-Chi sounds like. And I like that. I admire that. Yeah, there the score was... that actually, you know, is so entwined with the the movie. You know, there's like this uh, common motif that kept passing mm-hmm. through that I really enjoyed every time they went back to. Right. Uh, so music is great, and the performances are amazing, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to talk about. So I think. Spoilers might be the best way to go ahead and start getting into everything we need to talk about because this movie does oh, have a lot. Oh, did you want to talk really quick about some controversy? Oh, okay. So go ahead. I think I know what controversy you're talking about, but go So ahead. number one, before Shang-Chi made its way into theaters, there was some articles coming about, again, about Aquafina and her black scent. Mm. I'm using air quotes here. Right. And again... It is. Can, <laughs> she's from Queens. She's from Queens. This is my. Okay. So, this is a, a sticking point for me because people want to bring that up, right? Right. But if you. Oh, she doesn't look like she should be talking the way she's talking. That, that's what you're saying. Right. That's what they're saying. That's what people are saying is that you should not sound the way you sound. Right. Right. But if you listen to anyone who comes from Queens. <laughs> they'll sound like this then maybe not in as deep a voice that she has because she has a, but that's just her voice but that's just her voice it's yeah. not like she could control that but people have this from queens have this way of speaking that she she carries she she is mm-hmm. from queens so uh, that is that's a dumb one but another controversy that was out there and i thought this was the one you were going to mention is that um Disney, the marketing, yeah, CEO Bob Chapek. Um, he had the okay. wrong choice of words. Here. He used the wrong choice of words. He said that Shang-Chi is going to be an experiment, right? And I don't think anyone likes being told that their love project, what they've worked on for like a year, 
is just an experiment. <laughs> right. Exactly. So as much less one that's also like has the emotional weight of an entire culture behind it mm-hmm. and arguments for representation being wrapped up into it as well. So I think that was stupid. <laughs> it was the wrong choice of words because I knew- And then Simu Liu also like came and said like we're not an experiment. He tweeted and like he was very upset about it. I mean <laughs> I would be as well. Yeah. So something that was slightly taken out of context here is that he wasn't saying that the movie itself or <laughs> the cast or anything was an experiment. No, 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 yeah. The the experiment in this particular case was the fact that what they're going to be doing in terms of film release for this movie. Right, because it's being fully shown in theaters, not on Disney Plus, no simultaneous release. Right, number one. And number two, they are sh- doing a shorter window of theatrical release, 45 days instead mm. of 90, which mm-hmm. is the typical. So that's where he was going with the whole experiment thing. But again, it's a terrible choice of words <laughs> to use when you're trying to sell a movie. And especially right. a movie that, again, is being led by a minority cast mm-hmm. and using the word experiment, using the word like that makes it seem like you don't fully believe in the project. Right. You know? So, again, poor choice of words by Chapik. Uh, just but they, jokes on him, jokes or on maybe him. not because well, no, it made because so much he, money. He made the money. He, he yeah, he, he made money off. Of he it. made yeah. money off of it, so it's not really a joke on him. All right, I think we could go ahead and spoilers. We can, let's go. Let's go into spoilers, and we will talk spoilers for Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings right after this. The greatest trick, Houston. We have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, so let's talk spoilers for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Where do we start? Opening sequence okay. with the Ma and Pa. Let's go. So this is a classic Wuxia, like, intro it had the entire movie had amazing martial arts sequences and fighting and wire work involved however this intro sequence specifically felt like it was taken out of a sea drama that i watched like last week it was imaginative it was fantastical and felt like it was steeped in the cinema and television that is still being on TV today, like we are able to consume this kind of stuff all the time. These stories of mythical beings, immortals, and someone who's been alive for a thousand years, like that's amazing. So automatically I'm drawn into the long haired uh, Papa Wenwu (laughs) and his 10 rings. He's diabolical. He ends up in all the way in 96 looking for a mythical, um, what is it? extra dimensional yeah town. It, it's it's a village World. that he's looking for pretty much village that um possesses a certain kind of martial arts that he wants to learn yes so he goes looking for it finds mama uh lee played by fala jen and they have this beautiful fight in the woods well in this bamboo forest 
And oh my God, hand over heart. It was just gorgeous. And she is so badass. She's like, is that all? Like when he starts like wielding the 10 rings, she's like not even phased. I just love the badassery from, from all the ladies in Shang-Chi. But it starts with Mom Lee. Um, I thought she was beautiful. And the slow-mo was tasteful. I thought that, you know, when she starts like picking up wind and leaves and stuff, I was just like, yes, like more. It just goes to show that she's so in tune with nature and he's so at odds with it. Because everything that he does is for his own personal greed, greed power. power. Yeah. He is a monster in search of power. But, know? I mean, just like other Wuxia um, dramas and movies, in the, in the process of them fighting, they are attracted to each other. And I'm just like, oh, it's done so well. Like, their looks at each other and their closeness when they're fighting. And I was just like, yeah, like, this is beautiful. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. And those two really brought like a, a, a good energy in that in that moment that yeah. helps the movie settle down because it starts with like, you know, it starts a little dark by showing how it's a corrupt man trying to accumulate power mm-hmm. who has eternal life because of the Ten Rings. So he's able to conquer as time goes on mm-hmm. yeah and he gets softened he gets softened by a woman that he falls in love with and he's Classic. willing to let go of the rings <laughs> he's willing yes. to let go of the rings uh for her yeah so i really appreciated that part of the story so that that leads us to the time jump to present day pretty much after after that right. sequence and so we get Shang-Chi. He's going by Sean. He is a valet driver in San Francisco. I do not know how he's affording living as a There's Okay, driver. yeah. So the real estate market in San Fran is outrageous. So I don't know what he's living off of. Yeah, and he's living by himself, too. It's not tips. Yeah, no, exactly. So he is a valet driver. He has a friend, Katie. They... They've been best friends for 10 years. Yeah, ever since Sean arrived in Katie's life. We'll get to it in a second. But they are viewed in their circle of family and friends. They're viewed as not achieving their potential. Yeah, they're like the losers, the bums. Yeah, because of the fact that Sean can speak four languages. Katie has a degree from Berkeley, I believe, is what they mentioned. Uh, Yeah, I think so. And... They're just driving valet. They enjoy their life the way it is, but there can be more. And Mm -hmm. so that eventually gets us to the first like action set piece. Okay, so pause because did you like the platonic friendship between Katie? I thought it was great. I thought I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. More. I, I know that they. Kind of. Well, I don't think they hint okay, at it. Okay, so I like read a- into it a little bit as well where, you know, if my, you know, ship, my shipper mind starts like, you know, freewheeling, then I'm like, oh, yeah, he's um, subconsciously in love with her. Mm. But they really don't overtly do anything with their relationship to make you think, oh, 
they're going to end up together. Maybe there's a little more touching at the end of the movie than I was like used to. Like she lays her head on her shoulder and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, maybe. But I don't know. They just went through a life altering event. And so I also kind of just let it go. Like, yeah, you know, they are very close and this probably brought them closer, but not to the point where it's like, I love you, you know? Right. And I agree with you on that. I, a lot of people online really they were shipping um sister Xiaoling with R- Katie. <laughs> oh. Thinking the two of them had great chemistry. I didn't necessarily see that. I I didn't see it in that way. I think that's just wishful thinking. That's probably wishful thinking, but I I never read that those two in that way. I never yeah, did. Yeah, the shippers have definitely come out from out of the woodworks on this movie. <laughs> but it's okay. So now we get the train, not the train, the bus fight. The bus fight. This is the fight that has been uh, promoted quite a bit in their trailers. Like, you see a lot of it in the trailer. And it does not disappoint. Oh, my God. <laughs> it does not disappoint. I was surprised that it was as well as it was. Mm. And I really enjoyed the hand-to-hand oh, yeah. combat throughout this movie. Yes. And I, I feel, and maybe I'm I'm speaking a little early, but this might be the best sequence of the movie. The the bus, the bus fight, uh, it might be. Yeah, I can, uh, I don't know if I as can far get as action Maybe as, as we set, talk through. Maybe, but as far as action set pieces for me, this felt like the, the best one because it, and maybe, it turns into speed at the same time because like the bus speed. is like careening out of the control. They don't got no brakes anymore. Aquafina's in the driver's seat. Like it's like wild. And then he's fighting, you know, his father's henchman on this moving bus with all of these poor passengers and a poor girl writing a thesis on the, <laughs> on <laughs> the, the laptop, laptop gets sliced in half. Um, it's, it's great. I like fighting in confined spaces. Like, that just always seems to work for me. Yes. Um, it worked earlier this year with Nobody because it was also a bus fight scene in that movie as well. And in this one, I just feel like it was good. Like, a lot of... This is kind of a tangent, but a lot of the Marvel superheroes are extremely built. Yes. Like, physically, they're athletes. They have a lot of muscle on them. They look huge. But they don't look very flexible to me. No, they're like big bulking men and every swing that they take. It's just like Hulk smash for all of them. That's what their physique is. Yeah. And Simu Liu specifically looks like he's pretty flexible to me. Like he can, he is actually doing all of these moves and moving very fluidly as if he has been doing martial arts since he was nine years old, whatever it is in the movie. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that they let him do all this on a tight bus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like what better way to show that he's like a martial arts expert than like. In a confined space. He's doing like parkour and shit, like flipping around on a bus. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a great concept to have him in such a tight space, having mm. to navigate. And, you know, he like will jump in between like the bars that you hold on to on a bus, jump mm-hmm. over seats and just using the environment to really mm-hmm. to his advantage of being quick, nimble, mm-hmm. but also pack a very mighty punch mm-hmm. as he I'll tell you along. what <laughs> my dad goes <laughs> 
My dad said, I like him because he got a fat face, but he's muscular. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a fat face, but he's muscular. And I said, wow. I, I can see where you where you got that. I know what you're saying there. Yeah. I, I get it. Um, so, <laughs> wow. That, that, oof, that is funny. So, the reason why the henchmen <laughs> are chasing him is because he's got a pendant that his mom gave him when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And they're able to get the pendant. Mm-hmm. So they so that triggers him to go to Macau because he I like that. Okay, so pause because I like that what triggers him really like turning up in the fight is that they slapped Aquafina. Mm, yes. Upside the face. Yeah, because at first he's like, I don't want no. any problems. Nah, nah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then trying to diffuse the situation. Exactly. But then as soon as they they hurt her, he like as soon as they lay into, hands on Aquafina, it's all bets are off. Yeah. He starts going wild. He springs into action. Yeah, he punches that guy and he like goes you know kind of flying. Yeah, and so yeah. not gonna lie, at my heart kind of melted when he was like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm, I'm not, not okay, okay in this dark theater." <laughs> okay. So next <laughs> now he has to go to Macau. Katie forces her way. She's like, you're going to explain to me who you are on the plane. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he tells his backstory about how when the mother passed away, uh, his dad basically put him into the training of ninja boot camp. Yeah. Ninja boot camp. Uh, really intense type of training. Just every yeah, single abusive. way, <laughs> yes, every single way of how to kill a man was like basically what he said. He, he, I learned any way you could kill a man and was sent on his first mission by his father at the age of 14. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we get that on in a that, hit. Right. We get that in the flashback. Uh, and so we end up in Macau where they go to a building where they're trying to find his sister because he received the postcard. Mm-hmm. And this turns out to be an underground, and I don't I put underground because they're in a skyscraper, but underground fight club, pretty much. And there are all types of people in here. At one point, if you notice some of the fighting, uh, there was a fight between a a guy who has like the extremist powers from Iron Man 3 versus a black widow. And I found that to be pretty, like, a nice little touch of, like, oh, you'll find anyone here (laughs) trying to make money. Like, hey, we're broke and we need to (laughs) earn money in some way, shape, or form. And this is where we get. They come up on a fight with Benedict Wong. Yes. And some sort of giant creature. Abomination. Abomination. Okay, well, I don't know who that was. What that was. The villain from What do you mean that's Incredible Hulk? The villain from Incredible Hulk. Remember that Edward uh, Norton? Incredible ooh, Hulk? Shit. <laughs> yes. The movie I've watched once 15 years ago. Yeah. So that villain, Abomination, that's him. Okay. That's him. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get Banna. Get Banna. All right. So. I'll tell you right now, like, I did not know, neither did my family. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. Like, I was just like, oh, it's Benedict Wong. Benedict Wong. And, like, Wong. the whole role was like, Oh, from Doctor Strange. And my mom's like, that's the one I like. Because <laughs> she likes Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. So now we get uh, Shang-Chi has to fight this mystery fighter. and They who? take off his shirt, thank God. And the mystery fighter that he fights is Sister Xiaoling. Yes, his sister. 
And this catches him by surprise. She beats the hell out of him pretty much in the entire fight. After the fight, we get a little bit of finding out she runs this place. She owns it. She has Mm -hmm. set up her own empire after her brother left her after going on that hit saying he that did he'd abandon be back. her yeah he, he said didn't go he'd back. Be back he said he would be back after three days and he never showed back up he mm-hmm. ran away so then she ran away and built her own empire of underground fighting now this is where we get the second action piece because apparently the postcard she didn't send it so somebody sent it my guess would have been the father is my guess it was yeah it was dad it has to be dad one will <laughs> yeah And now we get our second action piece. They're on the side of a skyscraper. and It's a bamboo scaffolding. Yes, I know. (laughs) That is so great. Do you remember that part in Rush Hour where they're like hanging off bamboo scaffolding? (laughs) Yes. Oh, that is Do you think that's a nod to Rush Hour? That has to be. That has to be. I mean. How is it not? You know? True, true. How is it not? But yeah, that was a great callback for that. And we get... A great action set piece here because not only do we get, of course, Shang-Chi fighting all these different henchmen from the Ten Rings. Including Death Dealer. Yes. But we also get the sister. The sister gets involved. And so we got, you know, brother and sister fighting off these hordes of just like Ten Ring henchmen. All, you know, and they're like falling (laughs) off the building. And like you hear like the Wilhelm scream at one point. Uh So and but they're able to get the second pendant, which is on the sister. Mm -hmm. And so then we get the one on one fight with the trainer, the with the crazy mask. Death dealer. Yes. Death dealer. And before I don't know anything about that character except his name, but his name. But it was a good fight. I saw like a lot of TikToks, (laughs) TikTok about their training and this dude like trying to get like those flips. Oh right? God! That oh must have been tough. my God! That must have been really tough. amazing, amazing athlete. I mean, just I am so upset. I mean, I'm upset for him that they just like covered up his face. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. he could be somebody. <laughs> he probably could. He probably mm-hmm. could. So we get that fight, and before Shang Chi could finish him off, because he has, you know, the, he had him. He, he had, had him. Knife. Uh, the father steps in with the mm-hmm. ring, stops him. And takes him, his sister, and Katie back home to the compound, uh, the Ten Rings compound. Mm-hmm. And here is where we, I really like th- this conversation. They're having dinner. The dinner. Oh, the dinner God. conversation where. Yes. Where. The power and meaning behind <laughs> Oh, my behind God. Memes. So he, yes. And he goes, American girl, what is your name? <laughs> no, no. What is your family name? Yeah, so your she, Chinese name. Yeah, and so, and then he goes on this spiel of how important a name is and how it connects it has us. It meaning and it connects us to our family and legacy. And he brings up one of the biggest sticking points I have in the MCU <laughs> ever. Let it out. Let it out. Okay, so let me just go on a side, side thing Okay, here. okay. I don't think Iron Man 3 is as good a movie as people think it is. I think people overestimate that movie and i think the biggest problem with that movie is that at the time the movie led you to believe that the character that they did of the mandarin was this facade it was fake and i thought oh this is bullshit 
you're taking one of Iron Man's best villains and you're treating it as a joke, like just a pure joke, you know, Trevor Slattery and all that stuff. So and then, you know, Guy Ritchie. No, not Guy Ritchie. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, I thought it was Guy Pierce. Oh, Guy, Guy Pierce, Pierce. I just Guy said it. Pierce. <laughs> Guy Pierce, you know, then reveals that he's the Mandarin, whatever, whatever. That movie is not very good. I think that that whole twist that they put on is just a very poor. It's still a big for, fart to you. Yeah, oh, totally. It's terrible. Okay. But, but. What, what I do like is that they reference that entire thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, that they, they hired this actor and, you know, they needed a He kept a his name a secret. Yeah. And so they hired this actor to be a boogeyman for the United States. And so. An imposter for him. For like him. him and, and his 10 rings. And what did he give his name? The Mandarin. <laughs> you know, they were afraid of chicken. Orange chicken. Yeah. You a, know. Named after a common dish. Yes. And so they treat, they treat it as a joke, just like a lot of people who I you know, who think like me about Iron Man 3, the way the movie treated that as a joke, they're treating this as a joke. Like, they they don't know the importance of mm-hmm. who I am, it. of what yeah. my name is, you know? What I do and all this stuff. No, the, they just saw something from the East, they tried to accept it, and they tried to take it as their own and just made a poor version of it. Yeah, it was appropriation. Mm-hmm. In today's terms. Exactly. And uh, a fear of a culture and something that's unfamiliar to you. Exactly. And people were scared of it. Yeah, people were scared. Scared of a symbol that had no meaning. Exactly. A symbol that had no meaning. So I really enjoyed that powerful. entire Powerful. I thought that was powerful. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then... So dad just said he is the basically the Mandarin. Yeah, basically. The real Mandarin. The real Mandarin. Except no orange, no, no orange, no stuff, chicken, not, not, <laughs> none of that stuff. Exactly. So he yeah. shows them the two pendants. The reason why he wanted them is because in the shrine room, uh, he puts the pendants on like these dragon mm-hmm. eyes and right. it reveals a water map to the location of Talo. Uh-huh. And mom's hometown. Mom's hometown. And the reason why is because he is hearing her voice to come rescue her. Mm-hmm. They have her locked up behind a gate, <laughs> and at first, and the kids are like, "The oh kids my are God. like, uh, se volvió loco." Yeah, exactly. Dad's gone crazy. <laughs> and we see though when he puts the kids, you know, sends them to get locked up, he hears the voice, mm-hmm. and we see that moment where he, he hears it. So, and I want to pause here because I really feel for this character mm-hmm. and the fact that he thought that he could change. He thought that he could change. He And he thought that he could be better and live without the Ten Rings. But as soon as he loses the love of his life, he goes back to old habits and becomes an even fiercer, worse version of himself than he was before. Right, because he lost the thing that made him want Grounded to grow him. old. Mm-hmm. He mentioned it. He found something that he could grow old with and yeah. grow old for. He lost his peace. He lost his love. Yeah, and so that drove him further. But not only that, now... There is the spirituality that gets brought into the story because the rings are basically manifesting in a bad way in him and mm-hmm. they are seeking out what are his deepest desires. He wants to be with his wife again. 
And so it's manifesting in a voice that he's hearing that is not real, but he's hearing it, you know? So you you empathize with him because... Well, it is real, though. It It, it is, but okay. it's real to him, though, for real, mm-hmm. you know? But I think that everyone can relate to feeling like the longing and the grief and the lack of closure mm-hmm. for someone that you've lost in your life that meant a lot to you, yeah. whether it was a spouse, like in his case, or children or whoever. Um, and I found that really compelling. I feel like you start to empathize with him because he lost his wife and it was, you know, in a backward way, his fault. Yeah. Yeah, because so of he the fact does that feel he had a guilty life before. Yeah, because of his misdeeds before they um, got together. Yeah, it was so a big deal to lose. I mean, her. he's feeling guilty, and he has all this power, and he's trying to fix it by yeah. just digging a deeper, you know, hole for himself. Yeah, there's there's not really much he can do except for what he thinks he can is trying to save her. Hmm. So while that's happening, we get the kids and Katie down in this cellar. They're they're being held and they hear a noise. They walk around the corner and there's a room and there's a man there. <laughs> OK. <laughs> and it's Sir Ben Kingsley. Yes. As Trevor Slattery from Iron Man <laughs> 3. And let me tell you something. The first time this happened where I saw it. I kind of felt like, oh, no. Same. I was, I was like, like oh, where no. is this going? <laughs> and luckily, it wasn't too bad. Luckily, it was it was enough comedic. It was the bare minimum was that the, they needed. Right, exactly. I, luckily, it wasn't to the point where they're like using him too much. It was enough mm-hmm. to break up the tension of what was happening in the movie. At least. Mm-hmm. So, and then we have the cute little... Morris. Morris, <laughs> the faceless animal. Oh my so, God. this is the beginning of seeing a lot of Chinese mythological creatures, which I really, really appreciated. And some people might recognize them. Some people are like, they look like Pokemon. They're not Pokemon. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed them visualizing these creatures from mythology i was like amazed like the nine-tailed fox i was like oh my god it's a nine-tailed fox oh my god it's a water dragon like all these things i was very excited to see these you know creatures that you just read about it sometimes and you're like read the name the name obviously has no meaning for us in the west right and then you read what it's supposed to look like and you're like i don't know i have no idea what that's supposed to look like and so you just equate it to like Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> which are based on these same creatures. So it's like really cool. I thought they did their homework on it. Uh, they did a very good job on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're in Talo. We get to uh, see the village. And didn't you feel like Talo was almost, didn't it remind you of like Spirited Away a little bit? Ooh, Because yes. the whole, the whole town, this other dimension is behind an earthly gate. Yes. That's that's correct. And I was like, ooh, it feels kind of like Spirited Away in a, in a bit. It does a very good job of right? imitating Spirited Away. 
in a sense. In a sense. Like they cross over and it's like, oh my God, like Eldorado. It's just. (laughs) Eldorado. You know, just. Oh, it also reminded me of, you know how King Kong, they go to like the center of the earth. Yes. Hollow earth. Like. Yes, like that reminds me of, of Hollow Earth. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, I totally see what you're saying there. Totally. See yeah, it. yeah. So we get to. Meet. Did you think Aquafina was a good driver? Do you think she'll be in the next Fast and Furious movie? Oh my god! <laughs> I, like they kind of have to bring her now at this point. Now that you say it, they kind of <laughs> they have to bring her in. Um, I, we get into Talo. We meet their aunt. Michelle mm-hmm. Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Resplendent. Resplendent as always. Mm-hmm. And this is where we know the father's coming. He's going to, you know, bring war with him. So another mini training montage because we haven't had well, a you training. Have like a big, you have like a big exposition dump yeah, from we do. Auntie. Yes. As where she's like, oh, why there are these, we used to have cities and stuff in this dimension instead of our small little town. And it was basically all leveled because of these creatures that were soul suckers. Pretty much. <clears throat> and we locked the big one away behind this gate and we are its protectors. We don't want the gate to be open at any point because it would mean like apocalypse, essentially. Right. <clears throat> it would. Yeah, it would mean the apocalypse. We were basically in a losing battle until the, the water dragon. dragon came and helped us and helped us lock it Turn behind the, the gate. Turn the tide. And now we use dragon scales in all of our armor and weaponry because it's magical. It's very powerful. <laughs> it kind of reminded me. I don't. You never watched Game of Thrones, right? No. No. Uh, they had like these uh, weapons, like uh, certain swords were made by this material, um, uh, Valerian steel, which could cut through like the the White Walkers, which were like the zombies, and also they had dragon scales as well uh, that would be able to pierce through them as well. So okay, well I'm sitting over here with Lord of the, Lord of the Rings and uh, Mithril, which is the same thing basically. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, so like a magical material that could pierce through and break through different things. And so we get this training montage. And there's a moment that I truly like that it's... The fight with Michelle Yeoh and Simu. Yes. Yes. So they are fighting. And of course, uh, Shang-Chi is fighting the way he was taught to fight. His father's style. His father's style. And Yeoh, you know, stops him like like blocks him and says your mother knew who she was do you and i was oh i got chills i was like (laughs) oh okay and so she opens him up to receive literally opens his closed fist yeah because that's how he's fighting is always about the attack the attack the attack Mm -hmm. and she's more like there's more of an art there's a defense to it so mm-hmm. opening up your hand and it almost looks like working with the opposing yes. movement and the energy that's coming at you and evading and dodging. And actually, it is a lot like airbending. <laughs> if you have watched. Yeah. Well, Last I've never Airbender. watched it, but like I. I've yeah, you kind of got excited there. You should just watch Last Airbender series when you get a chance. I've seen the concept, but yes. Um, but anyway, airbender and airbending in general is the same concept. You're moving very fluidly instead of attacking or, um, you know, being so, um, what's the word? Aggressive. Aggressive. 
and um, yeah, just like butting heads all the time. It's not very, it's not going against nature. It's going with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I totally and that's sort of mother's style that we saw in the intro as well. Exactly. And I really enjoyed that scene and being able to see the progression. The well, yeah. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh <laughs> being able to be used in, in that way as well. Uh, it was great. Uh, Katie has her own experience, which is another good line she here. She has a whole arc. Yeah, to she has her, her own work. arc. Like, yeah. she goes to help out, like, delivering the bows and arrows. Yeah. But then, like, the, the woman is like, hey, let her shoot. And yeah. this line was great. She says, because Aquafina's just, like, talking and blabbing pretty much. And it's like, you know. She's like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think like, I can do very- it. Sometimes when I get good at something, sometimes I'll stop because I don't want to get disappointed and all this stuff. Yeah. And that's when the old woman says to her, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing. And it was like another line of like, oh, man, like they're just delivering truth bombs to these people. And we get one more with uh, Xia Ling Mm -hmm. where she's watching the women and the men train. Which back mm-hmm. at the compound when she was growing up, the girls were not allowed to train with the boys. Mm-hmm. So, and Michelle Yeoh comes up to her, you know, enough being in the shadows. You're not in your father's house anymore. Exactly. Here we train as equals. Yeah. So step out. And, and I was sh- like, Ooh, and so okay. gave her the weapon, and she starts training herself. Gave her her signature weapon. Yes. And not even just like here's a sword, weapon. here's a bow and arrow. Wonderful like no, weapon. here's your signature weapon. I don't know what it's called. It's um. I don't know either. It's so cool. But it's it's basically like a blade at one end and yes. a almost like a mace ball at the at mm-hmm. the bottom, and it it's fantastic. It's a fantastic thing. So then we get to our third act. The dad arrives in Talo with his army. We have the village army. They are head to head. Yes. Getting ready to do I battle. love how everyone in the village is wearing red. Yes. And then all of the dad's people are in like clad in blue and the rings are blue as well when yes. he's wearing them. Which to me was like, oh, they're definitely going for opposing colors, like who's gonna win? And in Asia, like red is a lucky color. Mm. So I'm already, I'm already like, Oh, I know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> there you I'm go. feeling it. <laughs> So uh, an all-out battle commences. The dad is able to, you know, move forward and be able to get ahead. And so Shang-Chi chases him. They have a fight. You know, there's some verbal back and forth between them. You know, the father laying into him. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you like the small conversation that Simu has the night before the fight with Katie where he's like, oh, I've decided, you know. I just have to kill my dad. I have to kill my dad. Yeah. I thought it was. He said, I'm sorry I didn't tell you the whole story, but I actually did go through with that hit when I was 14. So that was a little surprising to me only because the movie never really sees Shang-Chi as an aggressor like that. Right. They never well, the, show and they him. don't show it. No, either, they never that do. hit. Which I feel like they kind of should have, like almost like Born style. Like you know, we do actually see what he's forgotten in the Born identity. That hit that he ex- did, but like I agree, they never show that. They in never show it. Shang Chi. I think they should have shown it. 
Mm. I think they should have because then you could see what darkness he left behind. Why he ran after that. Or how much guilt he felt as a 14-year-old that he decided to run away and immigrate to America by himself like crazy. And it would have given us better credence as to why he says, I'm going to kill my father because you've seen the darkness. You've Mm. seen him carry out a hit. Right. Can he do it again? Can he tap into that darkness again? Do you think they even could have done it if it was it's PG-13, right? It's PG-13, so you could have gotten away with maybe not showing like a direct kill but like you could have shown like an aftermath of him like seeing what he's done and like maybe mm-hmm. there's a body on the ground and what Blood he on did. his hands yeah yeah exactly he drops the knife that his dad gave him very like typical you know. cliche yeah. type of thing yes yeah 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 and i think they could have done that and that way you could have shown what it is that he escaped what he was trying to run from and what he's trying to get tap into to fight his father to face his father Mm. because he feels that's the way he has to face his father is by being the aggressor again, by being Mm -hmm. that, that stone cold killer that his father trained. And he mentions it in the fight. Is this what you wanted? Mm. So I love that line. Yeah. It's it's a great line. It's a great line. And we get a really good fight between them. You, know, you get some dialogue too, where the dad kind of blames him. You oh, were there, yeah. You were there when watching through a she window, was, oh, and you didn't do anything. And you didn't do anything. And I was like, Oof, and it's like, that is oh cutting. my god, and he's only like a nine or ten year old. At and the that's time. the thing too, like it's a child. It's a child. What did you expect the child to do? There was like fifty guys in the compound, so it's just unfair. Stone and cold. yeah, Ugh. so. The dad does get the upper hand because at a certain point... He uses the rings to, like, punch him. Yeah, and the reason the why, like, he he really lands a good punch is because Shang-Chi said, you know, when mom died, we needed you, but you chose those damn rings. What makes you think she would want anything to do with you now? Oh, my God. So good. And that's so when accurate. he takes those rings and just... Tooth hurts. Boom. Just yeah. launches him into the ocean, pretty much. Yeah. And then he takes the rings, jumps across to where the gate is, and he starts punching it to try to release the voice that he's hearing. But really, mm-hmm. it's like these soul-sucking creatures that are coming out. Tentacled, Oof. gargoyle type. So, like, disgusting looking. Yeah. They are disgusting. I don't know how they keep coming up with like different creatures. Just but. interesting looking. Well, yeah. Maybe interesting. I don't know. But I don't know. yeah. So these creatures start to come out and <laughs> to the point where they start attacking the different people in the village. And I was getting Jurassic World vibes. Like it was just like, oh, oh no, God. they're getting picked off. <laughs> they're getting picked off one by one. <laughs> Or Shimmy Buffett with the margaritas. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh shit. I okay. About that. <laughs> I think about it at least once a week. Okay. Um, yeah. So it becomes like, okay, we got to stop fighting each other and we have to fight against this common enemy. Yeah. Because you guys are going to die without us because our weapons can kill those things. Yeah. And. It, it really made it even more creative seeing, like, the different ways of how they were going to battle. Because, obviously, the dragon scales could kill these creatures. So then, like, the, the one-armed henchman 
you know, like cuts off like a piece of a stick that had the dragon blade and he puts it on his arm. Yes. Yeah. He's like the freaking Captain Hook of this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that that's a good call. So back over where father and son, they are. Well, actually, not yet. Uh, Shang-Chi is in the water. Shang-Chi has a moment in the water. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he remembers his mom. He has like a vision. He has a vision. And I'm not sure if it actually happened or if it's just like. This is from you know, a moment in what. So basically, this before is before his moment, mom yeah. is like, I'm going to go fight these guys. Um, She tells him all this stuff. Yeah. That I'm proud know? of you. And, yeah. And so then that because she does mention that she he has the heart of a dragon. Mm-hmm. And it'll always be with him. And that's when we see the air bubbles coming up in the water. He breathes in some air and sees a giant water dragon rising out of the depths. Giant. <laughs> and he rides it out of the water that's, into the that's sky. That's a way to make an entrance. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, is such a I was way all in. A- that's a great. I was way to all make in interest. with the dragon. You know, when was the last time I saw such a cool dragon? I don't know. We have like the fire breathing, fi- flying dragons here, like in the west, and like that's all cool. But like the water dragon that like can fly into the air and all, like that's freaking sick. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. And then finally, Shang Chi comes face he to jumps face with off. his dad. To come face to face with his papa. Yep. The father and son start fighting. And Shang-Chi starts to use some of the moves and some of the Mm -hmm. art of the fighting style that his mother had that his aunt showed Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. This allows him to start getting the upper hand on the father. And then when the father tries to like throw like one arm of rings at him. He's able to like take it and manipulate it himself. Mm-hmm. So now he can gain control of the rings. Right. So now he's got five rings. He's got five rings. The father's got and five rings. And they're orange. So it turns yes. reddish orange when they made contact with him. Yes. They did change color to signify that it is no longer under the father's command. <laughs> or that he's the true owner of the ten rings and has the heart of a dragon enough to... You know, yield them exactly. I don't know. It could be. I could. I could go for days about why they changed color. Yeah. So they they begin fighting even more, and then when the father hits him like from up above, he tries to shoot him with the rest of the rings that he has. Mm -hmm. But then it turns out Shanji now has all ten rings. Mm-hmm. And, he's and he a- used the same like move that his mom did, where she was kind of like spinning them all together. Yep. And, and she had all of them. And was going to use it to, like, finally attack the father, mm-hmm. but he drops them. Mm-hmm. He was like, no. I, I still, he still wants his, his dad. He still mm-hmm. believes that his father is there. Yeah. And he says, the dad says, like, you know, she's there. She's behind the gate. And he says, I wish that were true. Yeah. And it it sucks because as an audience, you know, and then... Shang-Chi as a son he knows like I know the truth I know our dad our mom passed away mm-hmm. and you hate seeing your your family like this you hate them 
longing for something that is no longer there, mm. that is no longer available to them. And that was really powerful in its own thing, in its own right. Mm-hmm. And this is where the giant monster comes out, the giant soul sucker. It comes out. <laughs> I don't even know what to, yeah, how to describe like it. A, it's just. I don't, what to, how do you describe this? It's like, it's uh, it looks like a dragon, but it's got like it these giant slimy. wings. It's got tentacles. Yeah. And it basically sucks the souls out of people. And so it grabs the father. Well, he protects him. Yes, because it was about to come after both it's of them. It's coming after Simu, or sorry, Shang-Chi, and he pushes him down and saves him. Yes. Saves his son's life. Saves his son's life, passes the rings off to him. Oh my gosh. The moment where he's like looking at him while he's getting his soul sucked out. Yeah. And he doesn't use the rings to save himself. No. He gives the rings to his son. He passes it to his son. Yeah. Because that is a callback to a conversation they had earlier when he was little, when Shang-Chi was little. And he's looking at the rings. He's like, I'll, I'll, you can have them when you show me that you're powerful enough to use them. Ooh. I forgot about that line. Ooh. Yeah. That's when he was like nine when he starts training. Right, right, right. And, and then when you see him, like he powers the it release. up and then the release. Yeah. It was like, ooh, wow. Just knowing uh, that his son will be able to carry on right. without him. Like, it's more important that his son get it instead of trying to save himself in that moment. Mm-hmm, exactly. It was selfless. If It was selfless. Yeah. It was. Instead of being selfish for a thousand years. <laughs> exactly. He was selfish for so long. So now, with the father passed away, now we got to... We got to take care of this take big care animal. Of this big animal. <laughs> At first, it looked like the water dragon has him, but then had like, the, the one up on him, and then no, no, the little they started giving ones, him giving him light. Scooby snacks. They started Scooby giving snacks. him Scooby snacks, Scooby and he snacks. powered up. <laughs> Scooby snacks, or uh, spinach like Popeye. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and he like comes through and starts up trying to suck out the dragon's soul. Yeah. And the viejito that was in the town was like, oh, we got to stop that. If he eats the our dragon's soul, he's going to be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So aim for his throat. Like, just shoot your arrows at his throat. Then he gets his soul sucked. And Aquafina's like, the fuck is going on? Like, she was <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it was emotional. It was emotional. And this is where... The the sister, sister also ends up on the dragon at yeah, some point because she like saves it mm-hmm. from having all these soul suckers like eat up its eye. Yes, 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 yes. And then they have this moment where they're like looking at each other. My mom read into the costuming because she was wearing like a dragon white dragon scale armor. Mm, yeah. And the dragon was white. So my mom was like, oh, it's because they were like, you know, linked like <laughs> together. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't i don't know if it's that you know one for one but i i like that the sister ends up on the dragon as well i do like that because mm-hmm. it's it's about the family it's a mm-hmm. family bond it's it's they both have the heart of the dragon mm. again another game of thrones <laughs> reference but like 
a certain family can ride the dragons. So it, it's kind of like I that get it. So, <laughs> um, so then we get like Simu this has big the rings yes, and he uses the, ring. the rings to save his sister. Killer. Well, yeah, he he has them because like, she was getting dragged up. off by a tentacle. Yeah, he uses the rings to kind of like tie their arms together so she can't be let go and. Mm-hmm. She's like, he said, I'm not letting go of you again. Exactly. So then finally, we get the Aquafina coming through. Yes, coming through in the clutch. Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye wishes. <laughs> she had what? Three that, hours of training and was yeah, managed like to. Uh, no time. No time at all. <laughs> and so she gets. The dragon, well, the soul sucking dragon, soul sucker. right yeah. through the throat, and that allows. It was a big throat, though. Yeah, so this allows for Shang Chi to climb aboard that dragon and hit him with the rings in the mouth, mm-hmm. and then once it gets inside of him, that is where we see Shang Chi unleash this killer combo from in the air. So this was amazing. I thought this was like stunning. Um, he like configures all of the ten rings into like a circle on top of the chest of this giant flying soul sucker. And as he's falling down back to earth, he's like spinning in the air and doing these like martial arts moves and formations to try and I don't know explode this creature. But it was so stunning to watch. It was, I was mesmerized. He was using the father and the mother style mm. together. Mm-mm-mm. He was using mm. the aggression of the father, but also being able to harness the power of the environment that mm. his mother had. He was able mm. to combine both and be able to unleash that killer combo inside <laughs> of the dragon with the rings. Yeah. And you notice it because... At the end, his final move, he, instead of like a passive, like he was using open hand throughout with Mm. his motions. But Mm -hmm. then at the final moment, he closes the fist and with this aggressive pull up is when he yanks the rings out of this dragon's body. Combining the mother and the father, the aggression and the passive, the the environment plus the, you know, the rage Mm -hmm. just... Mm -hmm. All of it together. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. One, two punch. One, two punch indeed. So now we get an honoring of the ones they've lost. We catch up with Katie and Shang-Chi back in San Francisco telling the story to their friends. The friends, of course, the especially the female friend is like, ha ha, you're making right. fun of me. I get it. Like for what I said to you guys last time. And then we see the arrival of Wong. Yes. Wong shows up. Come with me. So they go to the sanctum. They go to the sanctum. So this is the end of the movie itself. Then we get our stinger. Then we get a second stinger. Uh, the first stinger. Basically, this this is what leads us what it's going to lead us. Because the movie is kind of self-contained for the most part. I mean, yeah, mm. Wong shows up in the middle of the movie and whatever to show that it's part of a larger universe. But at the end of the day, we it was mostly contained. Here is where we finally get how is it going to fit into the MCU. 
Right. So we have a conversation with Dr. So Bruce let's Banner talk and about it like Captain Marvel. Um, yeah. So the first credit scene, mm-hmm. Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers um, are there trying to analyze the Ten Rings along with Wong. Everyone's like, we don't know where this thing came from. It's not made of anything we know of. It's hella old. Like, how long did your dad have it? Like, it's almost like a doctor's appointment for or Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> almost like Antiques Roadshow. Like, oh, we're like, funny. how long have you had this thing? Where did you buy it? Like, all these things about the rings. And everyone's like, well, as soon as you started using the rings, we felt it here at the Sanctum. And now it's sending off a little radio signal to God knows where into the galaxy. So there's that. <laughs> that is a great question. Where is it being sent off? What to? is, where is it, what is it doing? You know, who is it calling? Who is it calling indeed? I don't have an answer. I don't know where I it's going. I think someone, okay, because I was on TikTok for like hours. Do it. Um, someone said it was calling the Eternals because mm. it had the same look of the Eternals, like glowing golden filigree kind of deal. And there is a reference in the latest trailer of because it's the, so old. Also, yeah. like it might be some sort of weapon that the Eternals built or used to use, and you know, lost it at some point. I could see that. Um, per the comics, I can't believe I'm bringing up the comics because you. I don't know anything. But according to the comics, um, the Mandarin found the Ten Rings in an alien spaceship. So that kind of leads us down the Eternals rabbit hole as well but alien spaceship could be anything it really could be anything yeah but with Eternals being so close in proximity to this movie you kind of feel like Eternals are going to be major player for this phase of MCU and Shang-Chi being you know the first kind of outing for this new phase as well it makes a lot of sense for them to kind of link it yeah I I agree if if that's what happens, that would be wild. If they go a different direction, who knows? Like yeah. So did you like Hotel California being like the oh, end of like that a, stinger? <laughs> that <laughs> He's was like a you fun should stinger. go home, get rest. Get rest. Your lives are going to change, and they're like, we should we should get to rest. Or <laughs> and they go and do karaoke. Yes. <laughs> um, so with Wong. <laughs> with Wong this time because earlier they did it themselves. Uh, okay, so then we get our second stinger. Mm-hmm. Earlier we heard Shang-Chi say, my sister went back to shut down operations on the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. Well. 1-800-YOU-THOUGHT. <laughs> because she ain't shutting down anything. Shit. <laughs> she is taking over the Ten Rings. And this time, yes. everyone is training Invited equally. to the table. <laughs> yes. We have men and women training equally. Did you uh, like this? ending yeah no a redesign of the compound graffiti and all yep the, hmm. it is hers now yes i think i like that yes. she is still in play and will be at least trying to be the leader of the ten rings um because i feel like that has a lot of legs like that story and totally. these people you can you can use that organization and everything for multiple movies and it doesn't even have to be just shang chi you don't even have to tell me 10 rings and give me all this lineage. Like, it's a band of ninjas. Like, I'm fucking there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I really like that she is the head of it. And again, it goes right along with her arc where she's like, I wasn't 
allowed to train with the boys, but then I practiced the formations by myself and I did it better than them. Hey. And if I'm not going to be allowed to be part of my dad's empire, then I'm going to create one of my one for myself. And so now with the father no longer in the picture at all, mm-hmm. she can she, now she's like, Fine. take over. You can keep the 10 rings and I'll keep the 10 rings. <laughs> <laughs> In that sense, yes. Yes. So I, I do like. Do that. you think she'll be a villain? Yes. You think she'll be a villain? I think she'll be. I don't want to say anti-hero. That's not the word I want to use. But she'll be more of an antagonist than she will be a protagonist. So someone else on TikTok <laughs> said that um, because the ending of the mo- of the second stinger said the 10 rings will return mm-hmm. not shang chi will return the 10 rings the 10 rings will return so like maybe it is a lot about her you know evolution as into some sort of evil villain and shang chi having to take over the 10 rings from her be- to, to make it a good organization to make sure they do good versus bad oh that's that's an interesting way of going about it and I like that theory. Um, I did think it was kind of weird that they said the Ten Rings will return. Yeah. That's very Shang-Chi. specific. It's very specific. So I think overall, though, this is a fantastic movie. This is a great way of being able to do the origin story while at the same time being able to fit it into the MCU. Did you have any nitpicks? Because I do. My, well, I, I mentioned it early on, and it's because that the movie itself for the first two thirds kind of feels somewhat grounded. You know, mm. like it it's very martial arts based. It's very hand-to-hand combat. Sure, there's the fantastical element of the Ten Rings, but it doesn't steer too far into the fantastical and then the third act feels mm-hmm. like it let's kind of lose yeah like a different movie almost at a certain mm-hmm. point but i kind of didn't like the exposition dump from auntie oh okay because that felt like oh now we have like a new big bad when really like you kind of know that that soul-sucking demon flying thing is not gonna be a lasting villain it's just you know a nameless faceless thing that they have to defeat to come together at the end of the movie so i kind of didn't like that because it felt more like a device than like a real like villain um i didn't like that there was no explanation for why the death dealer was the only masked dude in the ten rings (laughs) like Mm. why does everyone else get to be like full face and he's been there for like what 20 years yeah he's been there for a long time why does he have like the death dealer moniker like why who is he what does he do not explored and then he died like he dies he gets his soul sucked at the end of the movie so like that's moot point um why is bruce still not still trapped as the hulk oh that's a great question like i'm confused because last time we saw him he was professor hulk yes so now he's no longer... Now he's no longer Professor Hulk. <laughs> like, what happened? Can he, like, turn it on and off now? Did he figure it out? I'm confused. I don't Truly. know. I don't know. Um, I didn't like how they nixed this really awesome trailer line, Be Careful How You Speak to Me, Boy. Oh, yeah. 
that was nowhere in the movie. What the hell? He used a version of it when he spoke with Auntie. When he oh, spoke no. to the man. El viejo. El viejo. Yeah, the old El man. viejo that was in that village because he, he was like, I've lived 10 of your lifetimes. Be careful how you speak to me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if they kept that, then maybe they're like, we can't keep the other one. And actually, it turned into a little bit of a halfway tender moment after he had that spiel at the dinner table about names. Mm-hmm. And they went to go see what was up with the, the pendants that their mother gave them. Yeah. And I'm sure that the aggression of be careful how you speak to me, boy, and him calling his father a thief and all these stuff was probably not the tone that they wanted in that moment. But I would love to see a deleted scene or an an extended scene for that dinner table. That would because I love that line. I still think it's an amazing line. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. Yeah, because there is always a sense of respect that is shown to elders especially in Asian culture. And the fact just, that he uses that line yes, to his own son. like, shows, And it is like a threat. Yeah, it is. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, take away your Xbox or whatever. No, no, it's like, be careful if you how speak you to speak me, to me, boy. Be careful how you speak to me because I will fucking slay you. Yes. Like, that is the implication of that line. So I really miss it. In the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, like, gun come about it. Yeah, it kind of sucks and then that also, it's not there. Sucks that it's not there. So then the last nitpick I have is there's really no explanation for why or how Shang-Chi knew how to use and fight with the Ten Rings. Mm. Like he's never worn these things in his life. Picked up and left at 14. So like how is he like did he pick up the like Ten Rings 101 book at like Walgreens? (laughs) Like what happened? How does he know how to harness these 10 rings so i thought that was a little bit like oh okay he gets them and then like a hot minute later he's like he's mastering you know, it. going super saiyan on, on with the yeah. 10 rings like i was like i agree oh. it, yeah now i will say this something like shang chi has to operate with speed because let's look back at some of the other people so like thor iron man captain america they all got trilogies to build out mm-hmm. their story over time you know, mm. but we don't have that type of time to be able to use to build this character up because mm. he's got to be able to fit in to whatever craziness is about to happen in the MCU. And he's got to kind of fit in fast. So having him power up that quickly in a movie, yeah, it doesn't make that much sense, but it's necessary. For him, I get it, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen necessarily. I'm just saying there was no connective tissue for it. I hear you, and it is like a nitpick. Like it didn't really affect my entire viewing of the movie. I was just like, "Yeah, this is this feels a little off." Yeah, yeah, I I hear you. Hmm. Okay, that's all I have. What did you think? (laughs) Anything else you want to (laughs) say? No, that's that's all I got. I think this is a great movie. We didn't give our scores for the movie. Oh, I gave it a four out of five. So did I. Which, if you know me, giving a Marvel movie a four out of five is like... Yeah, I know. Big deal. It's asking a lot. <laughs> but it, it deserves it. I think it's it's such a well-done movie mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I can't wait to visit it again. Yes, I think I want to see it tomorrow or whatever, this week. Again. Sometime this week. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so 
yeah, so if you haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing it. I don't know. And I can't believe you listened this far and got the whole thing spoiled. But okay, psycho. But go watch Shang-Chi. Like, it's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. It really is. So that is it for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The next Marvel movie coming down the the pike is Eternals coming out in November. So we're two months away from that. So and then the very month after that is Spider-Man No Way Home. So we'll see if Shang-Chi. So I'm only excited about Eternals because of the director. Uh, Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Yeah, I can see that because uh, she is the Academy Award winning director. She just, yeah. Yes. And I think this movie, because of the fact that so many people so know so little about it, mm-hmm. about Eternals, these are characters that are, you know, they're not even your B team, you know. Right. <laughs> because when, when Marvel, the MCU started, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, that was they the went B with team. the A team. No, that was the B team. What? Yeah, that wasn't even their A squad. What? No, like when they started the MCU, people were like kind of like You're right with the Iron Man though. Like Iron nobody Man, knew. Thor, like people knew who they were, but like mm. they weren't like begging people to make movies about them, you know? <laughs> uh but then, you know, things have changed. Now they have graduated up to Clout. like an a A status on these characters mm. now. Yeah. Uh, so, but now the Eternals is a completely different thing, kind of like the way Guardians was. Guardians was like, I'm sorry, what? Wait, Guardians? You guys are making a movie about Guardians? I like, still remember watching the trailer for Guardians and being like, where the hell are they getting these characters? There's a talking <laughs> raccoon, right? What? <laughs> so, so now we're in a different realm here. Now it's just a matter of where they're gonna go and. Mm. It's it's exciting to see like so many characters now because there's like a lot of different factions. There's a lot of different rumors as to where things are going. Mm. There's a lot of different rumors. So I'm excited to see how that plays out going forward. And of course, we will be here to break it down, whether we like it or not, like whether <laughs> we like the movie or not. Is what I mean to say. <laughs> I took it the other yeah, sense. I know you. you, you <laughs> Whether we it like to, it or not. Whether we like it or not. <laughs> so if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for giving our show a chance, especially for how long we went on this episode. We did. We went kind of long. Yeah, we did. Uh, so thank you for listening. Again, if this is your first time, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, many more. You can follow us on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, all the socials at Always Critic Pod. And of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash always critic pod. That'll help us be able to develop more things for the show, not just movie reviews, but other things coming down the pike as well. So, mm-hmm. with all that said, that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic Podcast. Mm-hmm.